Get ready to listen, learn, and earn CE hours. This podcast features content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit EliteLearning.com slash podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. Questions are so powerful just to say, tell me why you're feeling that way. And boy, that's a, that's a strong word there. Tell me, tell me why you think that. Um, go there, ask for more um, and, and listen. But when usually when you do that and people have the opportunity to talk and express themselves, um, it, it that in itself starts to de-escalate the, the energy in the room. Welcome back to part two of overcoming common obstacles that teams encounter. Returning are our subject matter experts, Bridget Sarikas and Kathy Scott. Welcome back. Good to be here. Thank you. And I am Leanna McGuire, your host for this Elite Learning Podcast. In part one of this series, we talked about individual sources of conflict and ego came up in that conversation quite a bit. We're going to move on today to interpersonal sources of conflict. So how to respond to and manage a situation where you feel a team colleague is minimizing your contributions to the team. So this should be an interesting discussion for all of us. So interpersonal sources of conflict, what does that include exactly? Can you be specific on this? Oh, there's so many. We could actually talk all day about that. Oh, right. you know? <laughs> I don't that, I mean, it's everything relate from communication, differences or breakdown, lack of timely feedback or adequate feedback. It could be um, unclear expectations, power differentials that you feel, but you don't necessarily talk about stereotyping, stigmatizing. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, Want more? No, well, that's a good start, I would say. Let's talk about, I, I just want to narrow down on a couple of these. So absence of timely or specific feedback. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I think that one's really common. Um, so something happens and um, you, you hear about it at your annual review. That, that's a good one. Oh, yes. Um, and you're thinking, if it's important enough to bring up now, why didn't you give me that feedback nine months ago? Or, or was it even accurate? Um, so someone heard it from someone else, and now suddenly they're, they're sharing that information with you. So feedback is, you know, there's a real art to feedback, which um, I think we've talked about in an earlier series, but it's important that it be timely and accurate um, and thoughtfully delivered. So uh, that, that is a big source right there. And I think what's really important there too is to always think about how you want to receive feedback so that when you are giving feedback, you're thinking about that, you know? Is it, it because it's so important to receive that timely feedback. I'm, I'm sure we've all been, you know, we've all received very delayed feedback and you can't fix it. You know, quite often, you know, that really left the gate a long time ago, but you're being held accountable for something that most likely was insignificant in the long run. 
Um, but you know, you're being held out uh, as, as that was such a negative for you when it was resolved a long time ago. You moved on, um, but no one really understands the facts. When we're talking about this feedback, is this developmental feedback, or is would positive feedback be included in this as well? We love positive feedback. Yes. So yeah, um, it doesn't. Positive feedback doesn't usually cause a lot of conflict, though. Oh, that's true. Um, but but it, it's really an important um, skill as well. And uh, when we give positive feedback and then say do more of that. Oh, I love that. I mean, line. that can really energize someone to to move in a positive direction. So although I think where it can create um, a rub is if in a group or in a, a team setting, one individual is always being given the positive feedback and no one else gets that. And people pick up on that. It's like, why Why is this person always told that they're phenomenal or doing a great job, but it's never conveyed to the rest of us and we're a team, right? So, or as an individual, I never hear that. I'm always hearing that about my colleagues. So that, I think that is one of those those few times where it can cause a bit of a rub. Excellent. Yeah, that's yeah. actually about fairness, yes. you know, which right. is another interpersonal conflict. If you feel like you're, you know, not being treated fairly, and you know, there's the, the the favorites and the not favorites. Yes, huge source of interpersonal conflict um, in a team. Excellent. Can you give us an example of a power differential? Sure. Um, I, Yes, uh, there's so many in in healthcare because of there's of all the different professions. But uh, one example would be um, if you have a team working on a specific project and there's someone who's considered in a higher power role than uh, the rest of the team, um, and they speak up and everyone just shuts down. Uh, and doesn't share their opinion, uh, and I've seen this over and over in some of the teams I've been on, you you have to really work through that that um, dynamic to get the rest of the team to start contributing. Uh, so if you're a powerful person or a leader and you speak, it, it can often just shut down the rest of the team, which is not good. So you have to find ways to counter that. And I'm specifically seeing that, you know, so for instance, in um, health systems, you have something that, that it's called uh, value analysis teams. And quite often, it's very important to have a, a physician um, and nurse clinical staff at those. But if the physician has a loud voice and really wants to have something um, and, and shuts down the conversation, no one will speak up as to why there might be an alternative. Um, you know, is there a takeaway that can happen, you know, in other, you know, in other areas so that that cost or that, that piece of equipment or supply can be purchased? So it's really important to be able to have people on there who can talk about things um, in a very measured way, but challenge in a very respectful way um, so as not to let that occur. But that occurs quite often. Yes, that's true. That's yes, a great example. Absolutely. And it, and they're often unaware of it. That's right. Um, besides, so I've I've had to take a physician aside after the meeting and and say, "Here's the dynamic I'm seeing." Um and we're going to I'd love for you to ask more questions and then listen to what the the team has to say because that conflict is all below the surface now when people are not happy. 
so it's important to address that. Yeah. It sounds like all of these examples fall into a trust bucket. <sighs> no? Yes? You know, I think that could be true. I um, or, or they lead to a trust bucket, yeah. maybe. It, maybe it doesn't start there, but it starts eating away at the trust in the group and um, becomes the, the biggest thing in the room. And uh, yeah, I think those interpersonal conflicts can go there when they're not, when they're not dealt with. Yeah, and the sad thing is, is sometimes they are so small and insignificant, but because you haven't dealt with them and that trust component is um, impacted, it becomes huge. And it could have all been resolved very early on um, with some facts and a good discussion. Yeah, so often, you you know, you experience something and it's a big deal to you and you're really annoyed. Um, and then if you do take the time and effort to go talk to that person, how many times do you find out that they were completely unaware of it, that wasn't their intention, that's not even what they were thinking, um, and all of that anger and conflict was for naught. So it really is important to find ways to deal with it and talk to each other, uh, like Bridget said, in respectful ways. Right. Yeah. I know Kathy and I do that quite often. I, after we've been with a client or something, and I'll say, did you did you pick up on that? And and she'll say, mm, no, I, I didn't. So it's a good calibration to say, okay, I probably am being a little bit sensitive to that. So I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to pay attention for it the next time, but I'm also not going to be sensitive. I thought you were going to say you have interpersonal conflict a lot. I was going to say, oh, that's where the... <laughs> <laughs> we we work through it. There you go. Well, let's on that topic. Let's talk about dealing with it effective ways of resolving interpersonal conflict. Let's start there. Kathy, do you want to take the ball on this or Bridget? Well, um, one way is to um, get clear about expectations. So oh, yes. to, to ask questions, you know, um, this surprised me or this made me really uncomfortable or this made me really angry. So look, I want to get clear on what are your expectations here. Let's let's talk about that. So asking questions and getting clear is really important. Yeah, and and again, some of those things you just have to practice, right? I mean, it, it doesn't come easy for everyone. Um, and, you know, especially if you're new in a role as well, uh, we kind of all have come into roles, and we've talked about this before, going from that expert to novice phase, and when you do that, you can really have some massive inner conflict going on, right? Because the rest of the group is, has gotten ahead of you and, and you're now coming in and learning. So really ask questions. I mean, practice that. But that is, that is an art. Yes, I would say. And you have to have some level of willingness, right? I mean, we talk about skill and will a lot, but the willingness to want to take that step. Um, and put that ego at the door that we talked about in our first episode of this series. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you know, nobody wants to hear bad news or be be criticized. I mean, I, I, I picture me, I'm like, take a deep breath. All right, give it to me. Um, that's kind of how we approach these conversations. And like Bridget said, we can get better at this. And 
learn to use more neutral language, language that's not going to inflame someone. Um, uh, and and talk about how you're feeling in this situation. You don't need to talk about their character or, um, you know, a- attack them as a person. Talk about what you're seeing and how it is impacting you or the other members of the team. But learn neutral language, um, and, and that can go a long way as well. Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, neutral language is so important, and especially today, everyone, you know, in many organizations and and healthcare, especially, um, some people are on full tilt. So you really have to choose your words wisely. Um, you know, think a bit, count to ten before you get going, uh, whatever it is. Um, but that can be very helpful, and again, that can bring the temperature down in a conversation. So, for example, if you uh, told me about something that was going to happen or a decision that had been made, and I said to you, I don't think this, I don't want to do this. I think this is stupid. Give me an example of a neutral response instead of, well, I would take the word stupid out. Oh, right. That's not, yes, I'm the the conflict here. So how how do you de-escalate me? That's funny. I would ask questions. Oh, that's I, I mean, good. Yeah, questions are so powerful. Just to say, tell me why you're feeling that way. Nice, and boy. That's a that's a strong word there. Tell me, tell me why you think that. Um, go there. Ask for more. Um, and and listen. Oh. But when usually when you do that, and people have the opportunity to talk and express themselves. Um, it, it that in itself starts to de-escalate the the energy in the room, so which is good. Yeah, I, I like think um, as Kathy mentioned, that whole active listening is really important because even though you're asking the question, you, you know, tune in and make sure you're hearing their answer. Don't be you know looking at your phone after you've asked that important question. Really make sure that you um, understand. Maybe it's paraphrase it back to them so you can say, let me make sure I understood what you're saying or what your concerns are. Um, but make sure that uh, you do keep that listening component, you know, well-tuned. Excellent advice. I like that. Much better response than just get over it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't say that. Don't no. ever say that. Okay. Now, something that I think... Uh, when people get inflamed or they have a negative response, is that coming from a place of, uh, you know, personal bias as well as identity? Well, it can. It, it could be coming from a lot of different places, but but often our personal biases do get in the way, and we don't even know it's necessarily going on. And uh, here's a example I've seen over and over and over again in a team. You have the important people and you have the little people. And this is how people are looking at this team. The little people get all the assignments that are tough to do and tedious or take the minutes or, and the important people, they just get to express themselves and walk out of the room. That is a bias in it that you are letting happen um, in a team, and it's going to lead to people feeling like they're devalued. This is not a fair process. I'm not important. Uh, so it's important to to 
watch what you're doing and and look at your own personal patterns uh, because your biases um, will will raise their head and we all have them. Uh, but that was just one example that I see way too much. Yeah, it happens all the time. And but it's that self awareness again. You know that emotional intelligence, right? You have to have that or be willing to be very vulnerable and, you know, do that deep dive again to say, you know, do I do this? You know, am I causing some of this? Oh, could I be the, you know, the real reason why some of these things are happening? That is, you know, that's a very healthy leader that can do that. And we don't always see that, unfortunately. Right, right. Am I the common common denominator? Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good point. Um, And just some quick examples of uh, personal bias. What would be a couple of examples of that? Um, so, when you think everyone in the room thinks like you, you, you <laughs> like you, like I'm I'm a white older female, and I have a diverse group. Why would I think they think like me? Their experiences are totally different, and um, they they experience the workplace in a very different way. So. When I think they think like me, I'm going to make a lot of assumptions that are completely inaccurate, and that will probably annoy them, yeah. as it should. Yes, good example. Uh, so that's that's just one, but we do it way too often, and and um, it's, it does not move the group forward, for sure. No, great example. Well, and that generational thing happens just all the time. But the beauty of it is, is that when we ask questions, you know, we can learn so much um, and, you know, through conflict, whatever it may be. And because their perspectives are so unique, they're coming from such a different place. And, you know, again, a a bell can go off and say, gosh, I I didn't even think of it that way. And the talents that they bring are so different. And um, so it, it can knock your bias out, which is which is great. It can knock it on its tail, right? It can uh, really be the wake-up call that is needed. Wow, some great takeaways from this discussion for sure. Um, and, you know, I think that neutral language is a really important piece in in not making team colleagues feel, you know, minimizing their contribution to the team. So I think that's a really, really important topic. So thank you again, ladies, for joining us for part two of overcoming common obstacles that teams encounter. Uh, We look forward to seeing you on the final episode of this series that will be coming up shortly. And thank you all for listening. And uh, we will be back with the last piece, which is organizational sources of conflict in the next and final episode of this series. This is Leanna McGuire for Elite Learning by Calibri Healthcare. This podcast featured content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit EliteLearning.com slash podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. Take your learning to the next level by subscribing to more podcasts on compelling healthcare topics.